Welcome to the Heal Deal Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Leona Allen, and I'm here to help you achieve more freedom in your health and your life. I'm the founder of Freedom Health Systems, and I've been a licensed chiropractor and wellness coach for over two decades. I've helped men, women, and children transform their lives by removing the physical, chemical, and emotional barriers to natural healing. Every week, I'll be taking you on a journey, a journey where you will discover the real truth behind what it takes to heal your mind, body, and soul. Allow me to be your guide as you travel this road to renewed health and a new life. It's time to make a deal with yourself to heal yourself. Please keep in mind that this podcast is for educational purposes only and not to be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. With that said, let's begin. The Journey to Healing Food Shopping Guide is your resource to making healthier food choices next time you go to the grocery store. Grab your copy today at HealthyShoppingHabits.com. Healing starts in the kitchen. Begin your journey to healing today. Go to HealthyShoppingHabits.com. Once again, that's HealthyShoppingHabits.com. Heart disease is the leading cause of death for both men and women in the United States. One person dies every 34 seconds in the United States from cardiovascular disease. Black adults in the United States are at higher risk for developing heart disease than people of other racial or ethnic groups. We are also 30% more likely to die from heart disease than white Americans. Black adults are 40% more likely to have high blood pressure. And in the United States, someone has a heart attack every 40 seconds. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Heal Deal podcast. I am happy to introduce today's guest, Mr. Lauren West. He is a marketing consultant by day and a biohacker by night. Lauren West has always known that health is one of the most important things that people should be focused on, but it wasn't until he survived a massive heart attack at age 27 that everything began to change. Now, eight years later, he's here to share his healing journey, what he's doing now to maintain his health and how everyone has the power to heal themselves mentally, physically, and spiritually. Hello, Lauren, and thank you What's for joining me today. <laughs> What's going on, Dr. Allen? I appreciate you for having me. Well, I appreciate you being here. You have a very important story to share. So let's just jump right in. Let's just start with that day <laughs> eight years ago when your life changed. So that point in time, I was working in a warehouse doing some temp work like a lot of people do. It's actually a Nike warehouse. And this particular warehouse was huge. So I would walk around. I forget my position, whatever I was. I was a floater, I think, where I would just go help different people in different departments. So I would walk this whole warehouse every single day for maybe like two years, two, maybe three years, something like that. And, you know, I pretty much built up stamina from that. Like, it's no problem. I walked this whole warehouse. It's a good exercise. But one day I came in and... I was like, wow, I'm pretty tired. Like, I walked this whole warehouse. Where did this come from? Okay, maybe I just hadn't had good sleep or whatever. So 
I got winded. It is what it is. But the next day, I came to work. I got winded again, but it was way quicker. It was like when I just got there and I first started the shift, first started walking, I just couldn't catch my breath. And the next thing you know, this left arm over here, it started tightening up and uh, swole up and it moved over into my chest and it just felt like, it literally felt like it was just pressure on my chest that I couldn't get off no matter what I did. And I had told my supervisor, I said, look, man, I, I got to go home, man, something's going on. So he let me leave early and I went to the house and I was like, well, man, maybe if I just sleep it off, like I'm not even thinking, man, it's a heart attack happening right now. I'm not, not thinking at all. I'm 27 years old. I'm like, all right, whatever. Something's going on. So um, just so happened, I was telling my wife at the time, like, yo, this, these things are happening to me. And my neighbor from next door came over and she was like, look, you got five of the nine symptoms of a heart attack. And so me, I'm like, all right, whatever. I, it's probably not a heart attack. Like it's, I'm probably just tired again. Here I go, I'm putting it off. I'm not thinking about it. So I went to sleep and I woke up in the middle of the night and I don't remember exactly what was being said, but I kind of just, I think I just got up out of bed and I kind of fell out of bed. And my wife's like, you know what, now we got to go. Because in her own words, she was like, I saw death on your face when you got out of bed and it scared her, you know? So I was like, all right, let's just go. So I went, we go all the way downtown to Methodist University Hospital here in Memphis. And um, we're in the waiting room. And would you believe I, I had the full on heart attack in the waiting room. I got triaged and they were like, okay, how's your chest pain? I'm like, uh, it's, it's whatever. I don't remember what I told them, but I know I went to go sit down. And the next thing you know, I felt real nauseous. Like I was gonna throw up. My vision got blurry and I had this feeling like literally like the sky is falling, like the world is crashing down around me. Like I'm dead. I'm dying right now. This is it. It's over with. That feeling came. It was so weird. I've never felt that before in my life. I don't know. It was just it's something I've never, ever felt. And it's really hard to describe it. If you talk to any heart attack survivor, they'll tell you it's the scariest thing on earth. But it's, it's one of the hardest things to describe until you go through it. So my wife, she runs against the nurse or whatever, and they come to see me. I forget, everything then was kind of blurry, but I know that we were in the hospital from like two in the morning to like eight in the morning. And uh, once I finally got doctors to see me, they came in, they started checking me. They went out, went in the room, they went out the room, went in the room, went out the room. And so it's kind of weird. They're not telling me anything because they didn't want me to panic, you know? Next thing you know, they come in together. They say, hey, Mr. West, how you doing? Um, well, we're going to check you. You know, you may have some sort of infection, but you know, it could be a slight heart attack. I said, a slight heart attack? Oh, okay. So, you know, at this point, my family's starting to show up. And they're like, you know what? We're going to go ahead and we're going to get you upstairs. Send you to surgery. You'll be all right. A slight heart attack. Okay. All right, no problem. So I'm just trying to stay calm. And I'm joking. Because that's what I do. You know, I, I joke when I'm nervous. That's, that's kind of what I do. I joke when I'm not nervous, but... That's just something I do. So once they send me up, I'm not really realizing what's going on in me. So I'm hearing all this stuff after the fact when I get out, get out of surgery and I get to a room. I was 70% blocked, I think, in two arteries and 30% in one. I forget what percentage they were saying, but I pretty much, I was on, I was knocking on death's door, what they call a widow maker. 
So I was about to get up out of here at 27. I haven't even lived yet. So it was a it was a pretty scary experience once I really realized what was going on, and you know they were having to literally save my life that day. And it, it's just one of those things where you you have no idea. You know when they say tomorrow could be your last day, or today could be your last day. Like that was probably my my last day at that point. So they basically went in, they put two stents in, they didn't do the third artery, they only did two. Send me upstairs, put a heart monitor on me. And from there, my family kept showing up. And I, I can remember being in that bed and, and still trying to be kind of cool and calm to everybody because all my cousins and stuff started showing up. And I remember they were making me laugh. <laughs> and as they made me laugh, my heart rate shot up and my chest started beating so hard, like I was having another heart attack on the bed. I don't know, it's, I guess I couldn't hold in my emotion anymore. I started crying from that point, like, wow. So they were looking at me, they started crying. I'm like, okay, here we go. And they were kind of like, they were tripping, like, you know, all we did was make them laugh. And it shot up, so they were kind of telling everybody to just kind of stay calm around me so I don't get too excited right now. And I can just remember, you know, going to, um, you know, let them scan me and put this, um, I don't I guess it was taking an ultrasound of my heart. Just hearing my heartbeat, I could just remember vividly being in there, them making me get up and walk around so I don't get a blood clot. And it was a serious thing. And I don't really think I understood the depth of it literally until now. I could have been gone. I could have left my mom. I could have left my family and a wife. I could have left everybody behind, you know, all the yeah. dreams and aspirations I had, I, they could all been gone. Like, I, I'm not 100% where I want to be in life right now, but I'm, I'm moving towards it. But, you know, that day, the plug could have been pulled on me. You were only 27. That's yeah. what I don't get. I mean, that is so young. You just don't hear about heart attacks at that young of an age. You know, you don't really, especially growing up, but here you were 27. Did you have any underlying health issues that you were aware of at that time? Did this really catch you by surprise? It, it did. It, it basically, for me, it came out of nowhere. Looking back, the signs were definitely there. I know when I was a kid, doctor said I had quote-unquote high cholesterol. They wanted to put me on cholesterol meds. As a kid, I wasn't even a teenager yet. Now, my mom, she, you know, she didn't feed us the absolute best food on earth. I mean, she did always make sure we had fruits and vegetables. So we ate a lot of junk food, too. A ton of fast food. It just was what it was. So I, I grew up eating all types of stuff, but that was, looking back, that was, quote-unquote, the first sign many, many years before. But I will say, I, uh, maybe six or seven months before it happened, I was having these weird, like, twitches in my hand, in my fingers, in a, like, in my eyelid. And then the closer I got to uh, actually having a heart attack, like, my whole face would twitch. My nose would twitch. Like, it was a, it was a lot of twitching going on. And then, as a matter of fact, because I'm remembering stuff that I haven't thought about in a long time, two weeks before it happened, two or three weeks before, matter of fact, a month, it was a month, I got sick. And I never used to get sick, ever. So that was my first, first major, like, wow, I'm sick. Like, usually, if I'm under the weather, two, three days tops. I got sick and I stayed sick for like a week or so. Uh, went to the doctor and the lady was basically kind of 
treat me like I was a drug addict or something. She had basically no care. She was basically was not listening to me at all what was going on with me. So we left. And uh, I think I went out of town to go see my sister. And week and a half, two weeks prior, like I was just like exhausted. No matter how much I slept, which I didn't get a lot of sleep, but no matter how much I slept, I was exhausted. Slept the whole drive down there, slept the whole drive back. Took two, three naps while I was, I was just exhausted. So I had a lot of muscle twitching. I was straight up exhausted and I got sick and I stayed sick. So I think these were just like so many things just were happening at once. And that day I actually had it and then I got winded and this whole arm tightened up. My chest got real heavy and I, it was like I couldn't catch my breath and I hadn't ran. I hadn't done anything, you know, super physical or anything too strenuous. It was just like I couldn't catch my breath. So there were definitely warning signs. I just had no idea it was a warning yeah. for that. And you brought something up. When we think of people with heart disease or a heart attack, we think they're older, overweight, other conditions. Were you overweight at the time or anything like that? I was, but you were. Okay. it's levels. I know I've talked to you before about, you know, it's different levels to things, right? So if you looked at me, you wouldn't say I was overweight. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, kind of a, with what they call a, like a stocky dude, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. uh, I was working out at the time. So I was doing a lot of calisthenics, which I love. I'm trying to get back into doing that now. But I definitely was overweight. I think I weighed at the time 250-ish, 250-ish. And I was like 5'10", 5'11". So I was definitely overweight. Of course, I wasn't happy with how I looked anyway, but I didn't. Just regular people standards, I wasn't big. I wasn't overweight, you know. So I definitely had a weight problem. I just didn't realize I did. Yeah. I just wanted you to clarify because a lot of people have this picture of what they think someone with heart disease looks like. And I wanted you to explain that because a lot of those symptoms that you had, fatigue and twitching, I'm just thinking about all the people that are just suppressing those symptoms or just living with it and not taking it seriously. That's why I want to have this conversation with you because you can be saving some lives right now. People that are ignoring those symptoms or just living with those symptoms. I think they say, I can't remember the, I think they say 30 or 40% of people that have heart attacks actually don't survive it. So I know you're here for a reason to share the story and help others. That's why I have you here today to really encourage people not to just live with these things and start to change their lives. Because the good news about heart disease is that it's a lifestyle disease. So we're going to get into that. But thank you for sharing what it took to suffer through that and how traumatic it was. But what was life like after that, after the surgery, after they put the stents in? How were you dealing with your health beyond that point? What did you do to change? Uh, well, the first thing I did was I changed my diet tremendously. So I would say the first few weeks, first couple of months, like I was I was on top of it or as much as I thought that I could be on top of it. Because like I said, it's, it's levels to um to what we think is healthy and what's not healthy. So I, I stopped eating a bunch of junk. I didn't go full on plant-based uh, like I did like a few years later, but I did change my diet. I did make a conscious effort to de-stress. I started back meditating because that's, that's something I, I did years ago. So I tried to make that a daily, um, 
trying to bring it back into my daily routine. It does help. It helps a lot. And it's scientifically proven to help de-stress you. But it has like, meditation has dozens, maybe even hundreds of benefits. People can just go look it up. But I know one thing is stress reduction, mood stabilization, so much that it does for you. It actually increases gray matter in your brain, which I have no idea what that means. But I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it's something good. So I, I can admit what I don't know, but I definitely changed my diet. I definitely made an attempt to uh, de-stress. And I said, hey, I need to start working out. So this is part of me. Like I tend to kind of do extreme things. So I found me a little MMA gym and started going to that every week for maybe a month or so. But when my cardiologist found out what I was doing, he told me to stop because he's like, look, man, you just got these stents in your heart. Takes like a year or so for them to completely fuse. And so that moment right there, to be honest, that kind of started me downhill slightly because that martial arts was something I was always into anyway. And I figured, you know what? I got to start working out. Might as well do this. I learned a skill. I get in shape. These are the most in shape people on earth as far as we know. So I will do what they do. He's like, nope, you got to stop that. So that kind of took the wind out of myself for a while. And, you know, it was just, it definitely was a scary time because after you have a heart attack, you tend to, you're hyper aware. Like I'm still hyper aware now mm -hmm. of what's going on inside me. So that's kind of something that I probably live with for the rest of my life. Like I'm always like, like, what's that? Like, wait a minute. What's going on over here? You know, and I have to always, I have to do like a, a check <laughs> to make sure I'm okay. You know, even though I'm living a much more healthy lifestyle than most people, I still have that like, oh, wow, is this it? So it's still something I live with every single day. So it's, I don't think it's something I can escape. I can do all the meditation and mental programming I can do. But when you physically feel something going on with you, I, you become very aware. So I'm, I'm still very hyper aware of what's going on inside me, all the sensations that I have. Yeah. And I'm glad your heart was in the right place and you were doing the right things because I hear stories where people will suffer from something like that and still don't change. But the good mm -hmm. news is you change. So it sounds like you were doing a lot of things on your own. So what was missing? You were doing some things on your own, some great things. I agree with a lot of them. Meditation, stress reduction, just getting active and changing your diet. But what was missing that you couldn't figure out on your own? I have a very, um, what would you say, a, di a diverse story? Because I know we've, you know, we've talked before and I know this is an interview, so it's, it's a time constraint. So I just kind of fast <laughs> yeah. forward this thing. So to kind of just give a little context, I was having different issues, even though I quote unquote changed my diet, I was still eating junk. Like I said, it's, it's mm -hmm. levels to what people consider healthy and what's not healthy. I was at a certain level when I started working with you and I actually, um, I tell people this all the time. Like I, I asked for this. I asked to be healed. I asked to um, figure out how can I take myself off from heart meds. And I'm not encouraging anybody to do that. So let me just say that I did a lot of research because I did everything that they told me to do yeah. within like eight, nine years. I changed my diet. I stopped eating meat, not telling anybody to do that. I, I did that for me because that was something that I was into. I took all the meds they told me to take. And, you know, deep down inside, I knew them. Like, you know, these things have side effects, right? Yeah, of course they yeah. do. But I didn't feel anything. So it's just like a heart attack. 
you don't feel anything, or at least you don't realize you don't feel anything. So I did everything they told me to do, eight, nine years, and I started feeling different. I couldn't lose any more weight. I was doing something called intermittent fasting, so I was actively losing weight with that. I'm doing calisthenics again. I'm doing all these things. I'm taking cold showers, all this stuff that if you if you research biohacking or whatever, you'll see. Like People are doing different things to try to make their body do what they want it to do, and it's it's a very alternative lifestyle. And it's a ton of benefits to doing this, but if you don't know certain things, you still don't know certain things. So I was coming up to a wall where I was realizing more and more like, hey, I kind of don't know what I'm doing here. And I know I'm having these side effects from these synthetics that they have. Here. I don't like to call it medicine, I call it synthetics. Because that's what it is. So I remember my muscles aching and I hadn't worked out, I just walked. Muscles were aching, bones were hurt, couldn't sleep. I was starting to, um, see black specks mm-hmm. that was new i was like wait a minute why am i seeing black specks like what's going on this is brand new for me and so here we go again i'm like something's happening so of course i researched a lot of stuff on my own i try to do things on my own but as i started to go visit the cardiologist and i asked them questions they didn't really have answers for me mainly what they were suggesting i do is like hey keep taking this stuff and we'll see you in six months. We'll see you in nine months. Mm-hmm. And as I started to research different side effects and different things that it was doing to my body and comparing and contrasting between other people doing my research, and I did a lot of research, uh, even before working with you, which is a big reason I started working with you, but we'll get there. So I found out that a lot of the stuff they had me on causes dementia, causes uh, heart attacks not only that it causes muscle wasting I, I noticed one morning when i got up like wait a minute like the muscles in my hand like where my muscles in my hand go i go look in the mirror and i'm like wait a minute one calf muscle is smaller than the other but something's going on so like you know it takes time for things to manifest good health takes time to manifest bad health takes time to manifest but it just seemed like these things, and again, this has been eight, nine years that I've been taking this stuff. And it all just came to a head. I, I couldn't sleep. Stomach started hurting again. The gas was unbearable. So I couldn't even function day to day because I would have trapped gas in weird places all over my body. I can't even tell you some places I had trapped gas because it, it would sound funny, but it ain't funny when you feel it. I just did everything they told me to do. And, and their response was like, well, do you want dementia or do you want a heart attack? I'm like, neither. Why, you know, why tell me that? But then I had to realize they come from a world, from an industry that it's 100% profit driven. Not that anything alternative health is not profit driven, but their profit is more so in helping you live naturally. I would rather pay you for that than go into debt and go broke just to keep getting sick and to develop cancer, to develop dementia, Alzheimer's, or have a stroke. So that scared me. So as a matter of fact, now I remember I had, and I think this happened right before I worked with you. I think, um, or it might have been in the very beginning stages. I I had some type of weird dream that I was running. And it felt like somebody hit me on the the top of my head with a hammer. It It was painful. And I woke up and my chest was just, my 
home is just beating out of my chest. And again, I'm taking everything they tell me to take. And I'm still doing what I do. I wasn't getting any more results doing what I do. But now I'm starting to have a negative side of this. Mm-hmm. It, it scared me, I'll be honest with you. It, it definitely scared me um, feeling that and feeling like I was about to have another heart attack. And I've been doing everything these people told me to do for eight, nine years. And they still give me the same answer. And so at that point, I was like, you know what? All these things are coming to a head. Like, I think a real a good sign of intelligence or somebody being at least a little bit smart is knowing what they don't know. And at that point, I was like, you know what? Did everything I could do on my own. Good job, congratulations. But now I got to get somebody who knows way more than me to help me. Like, there's it's, it's nothing wrong with that. Like, if you want to become a better basketball player, you can watch all the videos on YouTube. You go out there and play the game. But eventually, you need a coach. You need somebody to help you out. Right. And so I just felt like at that point, you know what? I need to take this next step because I'm very serious about my health. I'm so serious to the point where I'm annoying the people. But that's why, at this point, I can consider myself what will be called a quote-unquote biohacker because I will do the things, at least to me, that are necessary to heal my body and make myself strong. So I'm on a whole new journey now. Like, like I said, it's levels. It's levels of stuff. So you know, that's, that's basically what led me to. Plus, I'm, you know, I met you through the healthiest person that I knew on planet Earth, which was my cousin. <laughs> so she bounced. I was like, you know what? All right. So, you know, she ended up introducing us. So, and again, like, like I said, I, I asked for this. So to me, this was divine. And this is not something that just fell in my lap. I asked for it for like a year. Yeah. Well, one point you said that's really important is like you asked for this. You knew there was something more. You know, you made a choice. You know, there was something more. You were willing to know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. So that's really important because a lot of people don't realize that they just stay stuck and don't evolve from that place that they are. They know that they're on the meds. They know they don't feel well. They, they're doing what they're told to do, but they still feel the muscle aches and the pain and the shortness of breath. Yeah. So I want people to understand that it is possible, but you got to yeah. be willing to open up your mind you to, to that be. possibility. Well, let me say something like if you have negative side effects from any of these synthetics that you're on just ask simple questions you know like if you meet a doctor and you ask a simple question they can't give you a simple answer back then it might need you might need to change the doctor you really do have to find somebody who you feel has your best interest somebody who you feel like cares because a lot of these people like we we tend to think that people become doctors just because they like helping them no a lot of people become doctors and surgeons because they make really good salaries. Like, if you ever met certain people, like, why did you become a doctor? Well, because my parents wanted me to. And yeah, it makes a lot of money. It's a great career, but they don't really care about helping you. And plus, if you understand that this whole thing is set up, it's not really set up to heal you. This is a medical industry. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a pharma. I'm probably gonna mispronounce the word pharmacological. I hope that's the word. It's a pharmacy industry. You know what I mean? These people make billions and billions of dollars every year as long as you're sick. Um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know what I I just say this, like in my emergency situation, having a heart attack, go ahead and give me what you got. Go ahead. Save me. But when you're out of that situation, when you get out of the woods, you need to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. I thought about this before we got on. 
it just it just kind of came to me, so I, I wanted to make sure I said it. No matter what you believe in, what your religion is, your body is divinely architected. Mm-hmm. You, know, you think about a house or an apartment. Somebody had to architect that out. They had to draw blueprints for that to um, you know make a safe and stable house wherever it is. Your body is extremely complex. Your body has been divinely engineered. It can heal itself. You just have to, number one, you got to let it heal itself. You have to give it the proper food, the proper nutrients. You got to give it the right sunlight. It's like a plant. Like You can't just stick a plant in the corner and expect it to live. A plant has been divinely architected. It has a root system. It has a system that converts sunlight into oxygen so we can breathe. So that's extremely profound to me. So your body is definitely um, the most complex piece of engineering probably that ever has been created. And it gives you the ability to create. And so it can heal. It has all types of healing mechanisms in it. And when you start throwing a bunch of synthetics and chemicals into this system, you do damage, even if you think it's helping you. And so just to kind of, I'm not kind of went off on a little tangent like that, just to make it a little easier for you to understand or for whoever's listening or watching, if you have a car and you go to the gas station and you put diesel in your car, what's going to happen to your car? You're going to destroy your car. Right. Most lock up. Car is dead. So you have to give it the right fuel. So it just, you have to understand these things. Sometimes it takes a little research. I know that it's difficult because we've been programmed since birth to believe one thing. We've, we've all believed that, hey, you get sick, you got to go see a doctor, you got to take these pills. That's the only way you can survive, mm-hmm. these pills. You got to take this Robitussin, especially the black food. Robitussin fixes everything. <laughs> <laughs> got to get some Robitussin, you know, but that stuff is keeping us sick. And our diets are keeping us sick. And again, I understand we've been programmed this way. We've, we've yeah. grown up our, our conditioning historically. We were, we were forced to eat certain foods. Uh, we made delicious food because we had to do what we had to do to survive, but a lot of what we eat is very damaging to us. And so, like, you know, if I, if I meet somebody, I don't try to push my lifestyle off on them, but I do care. So if I, if I feel like I get a little open, I, I might mention a little something, but I just, you know, I don't want anybody to go through what I went through. Like, this is, you can wake up and that's your last day. You drop dead. Like, I, I, I think it was... Um, I can't remember if it was right before I had my heart attack or right after. It may have been before, but it was a guy I went to high school with. He actually had a heart attack. He died at like 25. And so I think I was remembering that when I was on the on the operating table, like, yeah, I could be up out of here right now. So I, I look at life very differently after that mm-hmm. experience. And I want anybody who's watching this or listening to this to know that uh, you can't heal your body. Pay attention to it. A lot of times we feel like if we don't have a pain right now or if we don't have an issue right now, hey, I'm all good. I'm straight. I ain't sick. Ain't nothing wrong with me, but it's manifesting right now. And that's very important. I think when people, you said we were programmed since, gosh, elementary school and 
just to eat a certain way and and if something's wrong here's a pill but what people don't realize is that and i think you said this earlier getting sick is a process so is getting well is a process Mm -hmm. and a lot of times the current treatment that's done today it is very profitable but it's really keeping people in that illness it's not really getting people well and i think you got to where you are today because of those biohacking strategies that you were doing on your own and that's really important and it's also working with the body our bodies are natural our bodies are complex and we can't rely on these synthetics and unnatural means to fix a natural body so i just wanted to kind of recap that so people can understand that this is a process that's why i'm having you share this journey just understand it's a mindset it's a process and it takes time you're in what eight years right and you're yeah, still healing. So yeah. one thing I want to discuss um, to kind of change the direction of the topic a little bit. We're taught a certain way, you know, take this med and do this. Even with alternative health, people are trying to look for that oil or that remedy or that tea that'll fix everything. But either way, when you're in this journey, there's some resistance <laughs> that comes from when you're going through one way to another way. Would you mind sharing a little bit of that resistance? Because I think a lot of people have a hard time because they may <laughs> feel like there's a natural way, there's a better way, mm-hmm. but they might feel pressure from other people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we can definitely get into that. So I'm going to pull up a little bit of my... Um, my my marketing knowledge for y'all real quick. So we are all individuals, but we also were part of tribes. And each tribe has a culture. And in these tribes, which is our family members and our friends, because we all have, we got groups of friends, we got groups of family, there's different rules and there's different expectations. And so when you're part of these tribes, you do the same thing that the tribe does. And when you violate those rules or you violate what the tribe does, then it's a problem. People get offended when you violate what the tribe does. Like these are tribal norms. Like why would you, why would you stop eating pork? Like we've been eating pork our whole lives. Like that was one of the first things. I think even before I had a heart attack, I stopped eating pork. Cause I just knew I was like, Ugh, I ain't eat this mess no more. But when I stopped eating pork, you know what happened? People said, you gonna stop eating pork? Like, you grew up on pork. What's wrong with you? You're a Muslim or something? Like, like, no, like, it's not about me being a Muslim. Like, I don't have a problem with them, but no, I'm not a Muslim. I just chose not to eat pork because I know how horrible it is for me. And so that's what it was. But the second you attempt to get healthy, like, it, you could do something as simple as eating a salad. Like, if you come from a family or a group of friends who are like overweight, or even if they're not overweight, they're just extremely, they're just extremely unhealthy. You pull up that salad, like, what's wrong with you? You eat like a rabbit. Like, what's this rabbit food? Give me some real food, you know? And that's okay. They can do that. But if you know you want to get healthy and you want to make that lifestyle change, that's 100% your decision. So sometimes you may have to go against the tribe. Sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable. Sometimes. You may even lose relationships behind this, uh, but that's okay. Because I would rather lose relationships and live than keep those relationships and be dead, or keep those relationships and um, you know be morbidly obese and I can't walk around. I got diabetes and they got to cut my feet off. I would much rather be healthy. Uh, but here's the interesting thing: 
when you go out on your own from the tribe and you you make a stand and say, I'm, I'm going to do this, I'm going to get healthy, you actually start getting real results. You start to change your body. You start to slim down. Your skin clears up. You can walk a little bit faster. You look better. Even your body, your, your smell, you just smell, you smell more clean. You start to, number one, you make even more choice, healthy choices, because this is a domino effect. But the most interesting thing you're going to notice is those same people who told you you were crazy for doing it, they're going to ask you how you did it. They'll start asking you for advice. And so you will you will develop authority in that tribe. So I, I know I was kind of a little long-winded, but I, I had to say it like that because you're going to get some pushback. People feel a way about food. Especially when you say, I'm not going to do the same thing that the tribe eats. Like, no, what's wrong with him? Is he, is he okay? And another thing that's hilarious, and I know we talked about this before, when you start losing weight, especially with black folks, and I love my people, <laughs> when you start losing weight with black folks, the first thing they ask you is, are you okay? You sick? He must be on that stuff. He must got that package. Yeah. No, I, I got the healthy package. I got the healthy fruits and vegetables. I got the organic fruits and vegetables because there's levels to this stuff. But no, when you start getting healthy, it, it's, it's, it's almost like a double-edged sword. People are going to say something wrong with you, mm-hmm. but when they start to see how good you live and how much better you, you feel and how much better your mind is and how much better you think, they're going to ask you for help. You can either push them off like, hey, you can fool me, or you can just say, you know what? I help you out. Here's what you need to do. And you can encourage different people. So it is a battle at a certain point, especially if you live in a household where you don't really cook or you live in a household where everybody else is just hell-bent on going against you getting healthy because you're going to experience that. But when you do that, to me, I take that as a sign that I'm on the right track. If people are pushing back on me Mm -hmm. because I want to be healthy, I'm on the right track. And I don't even get mad at those people. They don't understand. They don't get it. Because if they did, they'd be truly getting help. Yeah. If they truly understood what was going on. So I just had to make that point. Well, I like that tribe analogy because a lot of people stay sick because they want to stay in that tribe. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we have to think differently and act differently and be willing to step out from the tribe in order to change. Because mm-hmm. when people say, oh, heart disease runs in my family, diabetes, you know, I come from a family of diabetics. But when mm-hmm. we say that, it's not really that it runs in a family. Mm-hmm. It's just all those habits that the tribe participated in runs in the family. For me, it was reversing my diabetes and losing 80 pounds based on changing ways that my family thought I was strange for doing. You know, why are you eating that? Why are you eating all this organic food? What's wrong with you? <laughs> so, and I think a lot of people that want to heal have to understand they have to deal with that separation, being mm-hmm. that different person. But when you get healthy and when you get stronger, they're watching. And this, these habits can encourage other people. Mm-hmm. And this is why I'm having this conversation with you. So, you know, when I tend to explain this, I might get too doctory and have these technical words, but I, I want people to hear real life, real people talking about this in layman's terms and the best way you know how. So you're on the journey, you're doing a whole lot better. You've you know, come a long way. 
And uh, we might have to have a part two about this, <laughs> but because we could go, this would be layers of stuff. We could go down oh, some rabbit holes with this. But, <laughs> but in the meantime, you know, for people who are listening to this for the first time and still on the fence, what do you have for that person knowing what you know now? This is your life. You only have one. You have to take care of it. I don't care what state you're in right now. I don't care what diagnosis they gave you. You have to do what you need to do to take care of yourself. Your health is 100% your responsibility. It's not the doctor's responsibility. Their responsibility comes when you have a problem. Your responsibility comes before you have a problem and after you have a problem. So this is totally your responsibility. No one can get healthy for you. And getting healthy is, is not really that hard. We tend, we tend to think about it as something difficult, but it's not really difficult. It's an issue of choice. Sometimes you don't know that you have different choices. I was telling my mom, I was like, you know what? I'm looking at this now like what I'm doing is not really restrictive. I'm just deciding not to eat junk. And, I, and when I say junk, I'm not just talking about candy. I'm talking about different things that people think are healthy. It's not healthy at all. I'm, t- I'm talking about like vegan meat. I don't eat that mess. I used to until I figured out what it was, until I figured out what was in it. That ain't nothing but a chemical burden. You know? I used to eat, um, and I, oh, I was so happy when it came out, the, um, the Burger King, um, the Beyond Patent, whatever it is. I used to tell them I ain't until I figured out what was in it. I said, you know what? Can't eat that. That's a chemical burger. That'll kill you. And then a lot of times, a lot of this so-called um, vegan food out here is worse than the regular food you eat. But you think it's healthy because the packaging and the marketing. Remember, I'm a marketing consultant. So I work with companies that help them make money. So I'm literally responsible for helping people make more money. And part of that is they know that you will never read the back of that box. All you have to do is flip the box open. Once you flip the box open and you read the ingredients, you'll start to see, oh, even though this looks healthy, it's got a nice green color. That's my favorite color. It's got a nice green color on it. It's got flowers and plants all over it. Doesn't mean it's healthy at all. You really have to check what's going in your body. It's just like I I said earlier, it's like going to the gas station and putting diesel fuel in your SUV. You lock that up. And a lot of times, uh, what the what the food industry has realized is that people do actually want to get healthy, and they know that people are moving towards more plant based lifestyles. So they said, "Hey, we don't want to lose no money. So how can we get some of this vegan money? Well, you know, we're going to put out vegan chicken nuggets. We're going to put out vegan burgers." But that term now, vegan isn't really always healthy. So people who eat more plant-based like me, we just say, hey, we plant-based. So we start looking at these ingredients. It's a difference now between being vegan and plant-based. I started out being vegetarian. I just said, I'm not gonna eat meat. And I still ate junk food. And I was still eating Doritos. I was still eating Taco Bell, you know what I mean? But I love taco. But you just have to realize that people know that you want to get healthy. If you choose to get healthy, then they set up landmines, booby traps for you so that you won't be healthy. So you really have to get with somebody who understands this stuff so they can help you, help you understand and recognize what's going on. People literally do not want you to be healthy. I'm not just talking about the people in your circle. Those people just don't really understand. 
and the with them the healthier you get it's like holding a mirror up to them and showing them their flaws so like you'll, you'll get people who get pissed off with you to get healthy but it's just showing them how bad a condition that they're in it's not really about you it's about them but on the other hand you got the food industry who they want to make all this money they want to make billions of dollars and they know you want to get healthy so they just count on your laziness. That's what that is. They count on your ability to be lazy and they count on you to not research. They count on you to put your health in their hands. Like I said before, your health is your own responsibility. So it is a challenge. I don't expect people to get to where I am overnight. And I still got a ways to go. You know what I mean? I still don't know at all. And I can admit that. But you got to start somewhere. You do. And I would say the first thing you do if I was just starting back then, I would have I would have started working with you sooner. Because knowing how I how I am, I did a bunch of research before I started working with you. Ended up getting on a call with you and still waited like four or five months because I still was researching. But that's when the domino effect really started happening. And that's when my fear kicked in. I was like, you know what? I don't know. So I gotta get with Dr. Allen. And I gotta quit playing. <laughs> yeah. And it's good that you do research. I encourage people to do research. I think that because you went through what you went through, you were ready. Okay. Yeah, By the time we met, you were ready. And people got to realize the journey's a journey. And what you went through is what it took to get there. But people got to understand it's a journey. You know, notice that we didn't talk about what we did to get you better. I know people are going to ask that. But really, the key was to focus on health, focus on natural foods, focusing on giving the body what it needs to get well and get rid of what it doesn't. So I want people to really understand that when you're healthy, your heart is healthy. Heart disease is a lifestyle disease. For example, let's go back to the foods. A lot of us are eating all these chemicals and all these processed foods. Then that leads to heart disease. And then we get use synthetics to treat the chemicals <laughs> that cause it in the first place. So like I said, everybody, this could be a, a something we could talk about and all the different layers of this. But the point of this episode, I want everyone to, everybody to understand that, and you said it well, you had to be responsible for how you got there and you decided to change because you're not that person that had the heart attack and then went back to the habits that led to it in the first place. You did your research, you did make changes, but once you got stuck and realized there's something that you didn't know, you continued on that journey. So what I want people to understand is get out there, just start, start to do better. And if you do need help, there's going to be a link in the show notes to schedule a 45 minute breakthrough call with me. And we can have a conversation about it just to figure out where you are, and where you need to go. But I do want you to understand that it is a journey. It is a process. There's no one size fits all. And it is a mindset. So you said a lot and I appreciate everything you said. I think you made it clear for people that are listening and dealing with this. Cause I think I read somewhere is about 47% of black people have been diagnosed with heart disease. That's diagnosed. That's so think about the people out know. there that don't even know they have cardiovascular disease. That's, that's every scary other person to me. You know, which means it's probably every three people you meet. Yeah. Has it. And you don't know. And, and I know you've said it to me. You're like, hey, man, the, usually the first sign of a heart attack is a heart attack. Yeah. 
and it could take you out. You might, you, it's a very, very good chance you might not survive. So you got to take care of yourself. You, you have to. Like, I, one of the saddest things that I've experienced, which is not the heart attack, the heart attack really was, I don't know, it just, it changed the whole trajectory of my life and what I'm doing and how I operate. But the saddest thing to me is like, you know, let's say I'm out somewhere eating and somebody asks me about what I'm eating or why I'm eating like that. And I tell them why. And their response is, man, you're going to die anyway. And I look at them like, you have no idea. And, and, and I always, my response to that is, well, you know what? I want to be comfortable while I'm here. So mm-hmm. I'm going to eat this good food. And then, you know, one thing, another thing that's going to happen once you start to eat different, your body will adapt. It's the most awesome and weird thing at the same time. It's, and like I said, if you get into biohacking and stuff like me, because I know that's a cool little term. I, I didn't come up with it. It's a whole world. But it's, it's like doing science experiments on your personal bodies. Like, say for instance, if, if you stop eating junk food, your body's going to start to heal from not eating junk food. It's going to change hormonally from not eating junk food. And it's going to send signals to your brain to, you know what, we're not getting that junk food anymore. We must don't want it. And so what's going to happen is it's going to, I can't think of a a technical term right now, but it's going to set it up to where your body doesn't crave it anymore. Oh, we don't want this. So I do a lot of intermittent fasting. So the longer you practice intermittent fasting, it changes you hormonally. It sends a signal to your brain and your body. So it actively suppresses hunger which helps you lose weight. But I was doing this before I got with Dr. Allen. And I think this is one of the things that tremendously helped me, even though I was on on these synthetics all these years. Because those were definitely doing damage to my body that I'm still recovering from now. I was on them for eight, nine years almost. And most of the research that I've done is, is very scary for the longer that you're on it. Like for instance, I would, and, I, and I've researched cardiologists too who aren't afraid to say this stuff. So one cardiologist, he was just pulling up these different studies and he was showing that um, the longer you stay on this, your mortality rate goes way up, right? But wait a minute, I'm supposed to take this stuff. It's supposed Mm -hmm. to help me, right? Not really. (laughs) It's just gonna cause more death. In fact, one of the uh, meds that I was on, I I hate calling meds, but one of them literally causes cell death, cellular death. I, I think it's called apoptosis. That's a technical term for us to so write that down. Apoptosis. Cell death. Your body needs cells. You're made up of what, like trillions of cells? Trillions, yep. So if you call cellular death, then you're going to cause actual death. You know what I mean? So it's, it's so much stuff about health out here that you are just, yeah. you're not told about. They don't put it in front of you. But there are a group of people who know about it and they use it to their advantage. And so you need to use it to your advantage. Mm-hmm. But just understand that your body can heal itself. You have to give it what it needs and you need to get with somebody who understands how to manipulate this body in a positive way. Like, you, you know, it's, you don't have to run to the doctor every single time. Nine times out of 10, they're going to say, hey, take this pill. It's literally like a science experiment. If you, if you can think back to the last few times you went to the doctor for a problem, and let's say they gave you these pills and it didn't work and you went back, what did they do? They did one or two things. They either upped the dosage or they gave you something else. 
And if you know, like I know, eventually you'll have a drawer or a nightstand or a cabinet full of pills. And the more you take that, um, I think they call it um, polypharmacy. That's the phrase, polypharmacy. It's like they, they just keep giving you all these drugs and nothing works. And at that point, you're just on a cocktail of all types of stuff. You'll never get better. You literally have to take yourself off certain things. I'm not telling anybody to take themselves off of meds. Not at all. If you decide to do that, you need to get with somebody who knows what they're doing. And you need to do your own research, understand your body, what's going on. But your body can heal itself, man. We have no idea how powerful we really are. We have no idea. I don't, I still don't fully understand. All I know is what I've experienced. That's all I know. That's all I can tell you. And it's amazing yeah. the fact that um, I can survive this long. And, and some people watching, well, you took the meds, babe. Nine years. No, 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 no. That ain't what kept me alive. What kept me alive was changing how I ate at different mm -hmm. steps, noticing what was going on and saying, okay, something's wrong. I got to change something. So when I, when I tell people, like, you got to get healthy, like, this is your life, you got to do it. You have to. If you don't, then it's going to unfold at random. And you don't want it to yeah. unfold at random. You want to have a say in your life. You know what I mean? You have to be the architect of your life. And so that's what I'm trying to be every single day. As I think much as the I key can. word, I think the main thing that everyone should get out of this is responsibility. You got to be responsible. Because mm -hmm. we try to look for that one doctor, that one thing that'll fix it all. And, and, and I, and I believe we don't want to get into another topic, but another thing with you getting healthier, it's like, you see things differently. Like you're recalling all this stuff that happened, like, man, that makes sense. So that's probably why it led you to make better choices. So I think we just need to open our eyes more, not just be responsible, but just being open to the possibility of healing. Cause think yeah. about it back to the tribe example, when you see your family, passing away a heart attacks or diabetes, we think that's our destiny. That's the way our life is going to go. Mm -hmm. But what I want people to realize is it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. It's going to take you being responsible for those choices to be able to turn your life around. Oh, yeah. You, you know, the interesting thing about that, like I say, we, we have probably one of the worst diets of all people. But there are a lot of us who are getting more healthy and getting back to what we used to mm -hmm. be told. Mm -hmm. uh, black people, uh, Black Americans, especially us foundational Black Americans, um, we, people used to come to our ancestors to get healed because many of us were Aboriginal to this land. And um, we're Aboriginal to this land. And um, we have a connection to this land, man. You know, so people used to go to our ancestors to be healed. So I kind of feel, not kind of, I feel a huge connection to that. Like maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe that's the direction I'm supposed to be going. And like, you know, when I talk to my family members, like we always say, like, maybe we were just, we, this is something that just has been passed down to us through our DNA. And we're just supposed to do this. We don't know why we got into this. Why are we have a um, you know such a passion for health and healing and you know even on you know when it gets to a spiritual level like why are we like this well, we don't know but maybe our ancestors were healers so we you know those ancestral memories mm -hmm. get passed down 
You know what I mean? So this is just something that I feel is is in us. And that's yeah. another series of um, episodes I want to do about the whole yeah. health. I mean, like we can go on and on and talk about all these things. So yeah. stay but, but tuned, it, everybody. It it's going to be more really encouraging health, yeah. especially among, you know, black people. We got to do better. And yeah, uh, we, we're going to have more discussions about this. But yeah, you got to get help. Exactly right. You, you have to do it. Your your life not only depends on it, but your family's life depends on it. Like yes. you, if you got kids, if you have kids. And you decide to get healthy, well, guess what? Your kids got to get healthy. I don't care how much they don't like it. It is what it is. It, you know, and again, that's part of the tribe. But, you know, it's something that we have to do because we, we, we have to get back to healing ourselves, healing others, and just being healing of this planet. You know, nobody's going to fix these problems that we have on Earth but us. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just, it's just something about us. We have to do it. Yeah. And that's powerful. And that was that's what had to be said. I mean, we started off talking about heart disease <laughs> and now we're talking about healing. And you got my mind going about the stuff that we need to learn. We need to bring it back is really about healing, because, again, as blacks, we're we what diabetes, heart disease, we're more likely to have complications or die from these illnesses. There's issues with mortality. There's so much. And we don't need to be dying from this unnecessarily. So it's all going to go back. We got to retrain our tribes, retrain our minds. And I think instinctively we know this. Yeah. You just got to bring it back yeah. to the surface, but it starts with cleaning the diet because again, another rabbit hole I need to go down is how these foods cloud our memories, cloud our thinking. So start cleaning up this diet. We can start to think and remember again. Yeah. Man. <laughs> so. That, but that, we we better not go into that. Okay, we okay, need to okay. come back. I'm like, I'm gonna do this is like, I gotta say one thing. Let me just, I'm gonna hit you. Like, all right, this is gonna be one, one of my. So one thing that happened. So, um, okay, you know, she said the bio in the beginning. You know, we were talking about mental, physical, and spiritual healing. Mm-hmm. One thing that happened after we started working together, I didn't realize that I wasn't. Um, my dreams were very cloudy, and as we started to work together, and I started to. <laughs> Kill. I started having more vivid dreams. Um, so some people might be like, "Oh, well, that ain't nothing." No, that is something because that's that's the way that we communicate. We communicate through dreams. We well, we're not just a physical vessel; we're also a spiritual vessel as well. So um, I, I actually started having healing and health dreams. It's, it's the weirdest thing, you know what I mean? I, I, I've told a couple of them to you. Um, which let me know I was on the right track. So that that is the universe communicating with you. That is God communicating with you through dreams. You know, we're not always able to get the physical message across, but when you're in that state, you will get messages. And I've gotten vivid messages and, and have vivid dialogue in that state. So I know that might be a little out there for some people, but <laughs> I mean, it, this is intuitive healing. And what it's is intuitive, true. but communicating with with consciousness and and and, and linking up. To the higher consciousness. Yeah, so true. I'm gonna have a whole topic on that altogether. It does become intuitive, but if you, it, mm-hmm. it's not until you get there that people won't understand. But we'll save yeah. that for other days. We might lose some. People. I know. <laughs> we might lose some people with that one, but definitely a def- different topic I'll have in the near future. But as you can see, everybody, this this conversation can go in so many different directions <laughs> because there's so many levels to healing. 
All right. So a lot of the things that we discuss that can help with heart disease, can help with obesity, can help with kidney disease, can help with diabetes, can help with overall healing. So again, this is the heal deal. It's about healing. It's not just about masking or ignoring or living with it. We can heal. We can heal anything. And we just got to get back to that because too many of us are sick. And we don't have to be. We don't have to be. So we, we got to get get it back. And it's in us. It's in us. So yeah, I mean, that's, it's my, be hard that's my goal. First. That's my purpose yeah. to really help us as a people really get our health back. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like I say, it, it, if, if you have just if you're just started ground floor, ground zero, it's going to be a challenge. It, it is. Mm-hmm. What it is. But what helped me out was I, I understood that I'm not doing a diet. I'm not doing this for a week or two. I'm literally doing this. This is my life now. So that's how I made the first mental change up here. I'm changing my life up. So I'm going to eat different foods. I'm going to do different things. This is just who I am. I'm not just somebody who eats healthy. I'm a healthy person. So I'm going to do what a healthy person does. If I mess up, I didn't beat myself up about it. Sometimes I kind of did because I'm a human. It's just what we do. It's part of who we are. But if you mess up, you backslide a little bit, it's okay. Start the very next day. The very next day, starting back from scratch, I'm getting on point and I'm changing my life. Man, this is your life. It's the only one you have. You have to protect it. And they say, hey, your body is a temple. Well, yeah, it is. Literally, it is a temple. You have to clean it up. You got to make sure it's protected. You have to put the right thing in it. You got to water the garden. You got to take care of it. It's all the one you got. Yep. That's right. You know, it's just nice to hear from other someone other than me sometimes, but, you know, hearing a different perspective. I loved your analogies. So people, if you're listening, hey, I want to hear your comments, what you thought, any of your aha moments. Let me know what you think of this episode. I plan on doing more interviews, sharing more real stories. You know, this was unscripted, unrehearsed. This is just real talk right here. And that's what the whole deal is about. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll be here for hours. No. Yeah, I know. We'll we'll talk all day. So he'll be back in the future. So once again, Lauren, thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. But we're gonna just close it tonight. Take care and until next time, go out there and achieve more freedom in your health and your life. I See you in the next it, episode. Man. I really appreciate you bringing me on, Doc. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, seal the deal to heal by leaving a review, subscribing to the podcast and sharing with a friend. Thanks again. And we'll continue the journey next week.